says, get that India, big boy. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Tip Sheet Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John, also known as 4020. And joining me on a surprisingly sunny Friday morning is my good mate, Sixties, to preview all of the action on what is going to be a, a triple header, uh, a super slate of football out at Leichhardt Oval for the Parramatta Eels versus the West Tigers. How are you doing, Sixties? Mate, I, I'm, I'm doing surprisingly well. Maybe it's this sunny weather, but I've just tipped uh, strongly in the uh, punting section of the preview, which has just come gone up on TCT. I haven't advised to keep the money in the pocket against the Tigers. Yeah, big time. So big there's, time. There's, a bit of, there's a bit of optimism there that might be coming about with the fine weather. But, mate, what a what a week we're having at the moment. It's just been flat out with the tip sheet. We, we recorded our news segment on Wednesday. We had one of our most interesting chats with uh, an Eels identity yesterday, which we'll keep... We'll keep that in the in the bag for the moment because we've got a story and a yeah, and a podcast one to drop coming out early next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah dedicated there. So, and uh, now we're into the preview podcast today, and then tomorrow night we'll have the instant reaction. So, uh, I almost feel like we're working overtime at the moment, mate. Yeah, a lot going on. And like I said, we've got three games to talk about today. Triple header against the West Tigers, or technically the West Tigers and Western Suburbs Magpies because they are not the uh, single identity across all three primary grades. Uh, before we get to that, though, mate, what's going on with the Melbourne Storm? I mean, they got absolutely rolled by Manly last week and then had a big comeback at the end to make the scoreline look a lot more flattering, but then they got trounced by the Cronulla Sharks last night. We're not the only club with some um, identity and consistency issues when it comes to the top four. I'm just wondering whether that gloss, uh, you know, we I've I've written about this before that teams have been beaten against the likes of Penrith and and Melbourne before they take the field, right? That that it, they have Absolutely. this air of already, almost you already lost a psychological battle, yeah, 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 because your your mindset, the players, their opposition mindset is is about, you know, this is going to be tough. Um, and if you look at that Melbourne lineup that took the field last night, with respect, and and you look at every individual player, does it strike fear into the heart? That's a, that's a fair point. I mean, obviously there's still recognisable surnames, Pappenhausen, Hughes, Bromwich, Smith, Sofa Solomona, uh, and Bromwich too. Uh, but... It, it, it honestly feels like just a, a decent team rather than a great team, right? It there's a a lot of uh, players that you might say would put in a workmanlike performance, and we know that there are that the Storm have been historically a team who uh, have that strong core group of players and. Are surrounded and and Bellamy and the rec- their recruitment team look for high value players. Yeah, where exactly. There there are those that they will get if they're not a developing player that you know they can really um, you know take along to the next level. Like like we saw when uh, all of those players that you just mentioned 
were younger and coming into the Melbourne Storm lineup, like they're real players of the future. Uh, it it just feels like the rest of the team is made up of those players that they're looking to get value out of for the season. The the ones that are not eating up a lot of the salary cap and alongside their star players will do a really good job. But it ends up, I think last night, there were just too many holes. Yeah, and, and two such... Literally and figuratively. Yeah, you know, well, like, quite quite literally with the way Cronulla was scoring. But uh, two such consecutive performances for a Craig Bellamy team is almost unprecedented. We're used to them being you know, defeated by a, a good upstart performance by their opposition. But to have two games in a row where they were completely lacklustre... Mate, I mean, Cooper Cronk was on the Fox coverage talking about how Bellamy would have been tearing strips into his charges after the game last week. Imagine what he'd be saying this week. Jeez. So. Well, I I had, I mean, we we obviously as, um, you know, from the stance that we take with, with Parramatta and uh, the high regard that we place on uh, coach Brad Arthur, we become a, um, we, we cop lots of, um, feedback from those that uh, as soon as there's a loss will jump onto the sack BA bandwagon and the comments the sort of comments that were coming through this week is were, were things like do you think Bellamy would accept the sort of bad performances that Parramatta has from okay. their team you won't you wouldn't get you wouldn't get two bad performances in a row from the Bellamy coach team and guess what people yeah, and those those sort of rhetorical questions are always, you know, uh, I've I've got probably a strong term for it. I probably shouldn't say, but I'd say they're silly because no coach wants to see those sort of performances twice. No. no, no coach, you know, would would have any degree of you know misaccountability for it. it it's the general rule. You're trying to win every game, so and it, it just goes to show that even the best can have the bad slumps. And I'll be interested to see what Spiro has to say next Wednesday about how Melbourne are travelling because it, it really just leaves... I mean, we've already t- we've spoken about the latter in the recent podcast, but Penrith are just so far and away the runaway minor premiers right now. It's crazy. They've got a free win buffer over every other chasing team. So Yeah, and, and this is the... I mean, they they are really a an outlier club now, uh, the Panthers, because... The consistency of their performance, and and now we're we're talking about a, a three year period, yeah. Where they from a, in, in the, the modern, modern era, it's, it's actually mind boggling that they can be that good for that long. So yeah, and 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 we're not just talking about for from you know getting a great result across the seats. We're we're talking about from week to week. The, the performance the, levels, the, the intensity levels, they, they almost never drop. Yeah, yeah well, the, it is likely that they're going to get to the end of the season and Parra's going to be the only team to have beaten them. Now, whether that becomes twice, that that's that would be quite an achievement. It'd be a very odd feather in the cap given their other struggles when it comes to consistency. Well, <laughs> but well, you know what? Well, actually, I'd, I'd, I'd believe it. I, I believe it's more than possible of happening. Yeah, well, look, if we throw in the trial, we'd be going for three wins in the mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Um what was it, thirty to nil in the trial, something like that. Something like but, that. And, yeah. and I know that was without without Cleary. But the the thing is, is that their their consistency of performance and the intensity that they turn up with on a weekly, the energy that they turn up on a weekly basis. And again, this is a you know the the criticism that gets levelled at Parramatta, where you know it's saying that we're relying on this high intensity, high energy 
level of football. Here you've got, here you've got Penrith doing that and more. <laughs> yeah, they they are actually able to achieve that, and and that points to um, uh, what was that great saying that we heard yesterday? Without giving anything away, the Muhammad Ali about the 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 will and the skill. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, uh, essentially the, the crux of it was that skill can only carry you so far. Will is what will make the difference when it comes to you know anywhere near a level playing field. Yeah, it was is something like if you um, you know. You, you need the will um, more than the skill or, or something like that. But it was, um, but it was certainly a, a yeah. So a, champ, a, champions are made from something that have, they have deep inside them a, de- a desire, a dream, a vision. They have to have the skill and the will, but the will must be stronger than the skill. Yes, yes, and that they are, they are certainly the epitome of that at the moment, the Penrith Panthers. Now, you know how much that's hurting me to talk about and <laughs> praise the Penrith Panthers. So sort of just <laughs> taking a chunk out of the cheek every time you're talking about it, just, you know. Oh, mate, it's oh, like it, that grates me because it, it's I, I'm not a fan of of the club. Um, I, I have my gripes about Every time going up to the, up to Penrith, what it's like putting up with some of the supporters that are around me, but and, they, and it's they not that shown. you don't get it. Hey, it's not like you don't get it at at, at other clubs, but it just feels even they worse up there. At Penrith, yeah. Oh yeah. The, the, so the crux of it is that that you know, and this is not just Parramatta and Penrith. This is every all sixteen clubs in the NRL. You have an eighty-minute window for the entire week in which you're expected to perform at the highest level you can. And I know that there's training and all the other stuff that goes into it, but for 80 minutes, you are asked to be the best athlete that you can be. And for however, whatever they're doing, however they've done it, however they approach it, Penrith have cracked uh, or at least seem to have solved that formula for how to maximize those 80-minute performances in a given week. So- Mate, geez, I'll I tell you what. I like that um, terminology that you've used there with the 80-minute window. I mean, people are talking about premiership windows but how, how brilliant to to word the matches as an eighty minute window in in your week to execute all the preparation that's gone into um, into that week, uh, and it's true, it is true. They've they have cracked the formula, and you know what? It's it's really to me, it is that will, it's that head, it's that heart aspect of it. Because um, yes, they've got some. They've got some brilliantly um, skilled players, and you only have to see the execution of plays to to recognise that. But my goodness, the 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 way that they are constantly switched on is is the thing. And I, you know, I used to it used to annoy the you know what out of me seeing the the overly exuberant um, celebrations after tries. But that, that obviously works for them in so far as keeping yes. the intensity levels up and. And if that's what it takes, I mean, that might not be what Parramatta or Melbourne need because there, there might be multiple formulas to get to the same solution here. But for Penrith, yeah. that's what works. And it, it's clear that, you know, that almost obnoxious exuberance is what keeps them fired up. So, you know, kudos to them in that regard, even if it is frustrating, like you said, to give them their dues. Uh, but, yeah, it's, a, it's fascinating, you know, seeing both Melbourne and Parramatta, you know, stumble. And then yet here you have Penrith, and I mean they did have an, a game against the Gold Coast Titans this year where they looked pretty flat, but they still ground out a very solid win at the end of it. And they just outside of that, they've just been Penrith, and you know terrifyingly consistent. So 
Yeah, be interesting to see what the Eels and the, the Melbourne Storm can do to recapture their mojo. And speaking of the Parramatta Eels and their mojo 60s, we've got some football games to cover. Let's get into it. We kick off at 3.30pm. It is a triple header out at Leichhardt Oval, so it'll be interesting to see how that field holds up after all the water that's come down this week. Uh, what is the forecast for Saturday, actually? Probably more rain, knowing our luck. Sydney weather, give me two secs. Uh, Saturday is actually cloudy and cool, so precipitation is 20% chance. That's not too bad. I'll take that. So maybe some reasonable football conditions for the Eels and the Tigers to have a go at it, and it starts in the Jersey flag. Parramatta Eels, they had a very solid win over the South Sydney Railroads. I think it was 16-6-60s, I believe, yes. last week, and uh, very, very solid. It's the sort of win that we've, we've been asking more of. You don't need the big flashy score lines. They just need to get to the W. And they're yeah. backing that up this week. Corey Fanning made his return last uh, last week, and that was a big inclusion for the club. He's back at fullback this week. On the wings, we've got Arthur Miller-Steven and Matthew Komalafi. Lockie Blackburn and Dantore Luia are a new-look centre pairing. Obviously, Lachlan Blackburn's been there for long stretches this season, but I think this might be Louis's first official appearance in the centres. In the halves, we've got Jabril Kalachi and Ethan Sanders. So that's a pretty good back line when all is said and done. They are missing a few players what, Josh Tulpilotu, Charlie Geimer, and there might be someone else that we're missing there, but that is still a high-quality backline in terms of who they named this year. Yeah, yeah, very solid. And uh, and and just, uh, I know we were going to mention this, but I'll, I, w- I will mention now, seeing that you've just gone over the, uh, the backline, Corey Fenning was a big uh, return last week, and at, the longer the match went on, the better he became. Uh, last week and massive shout out to Matt Komalafi because some of his carries in the in the wet conditions last week the when difference. the eels were looking to ruck out from their end were were top top class just uh, he was he refused to be brought down and he was dragging defenders you know 10 15 meters at a time isn't so it, isn't it incredible what i mean uh, I was going to say, isn't it incredible opportunity does to certain players? And Kamalafi is a player that we've been very high on ever since we saw him in the Harold Matthews, and that's going back years now. But you know, he, he sort of had an okay start to the Jersey flag season this year, got that opportunity via injury in the New South Wales Cup, and that sort of just ignited him. Scored a stack of tries in that grade, played really solid football, came back to the flag and has been dominating. So good for Matthew there. Hopefully we can carry that form into the preseason for 2023. Moving into the forward pack, though, we've got one bookend as Taylor Mawala, the other is Davy Hollis at dummy half. Cruz, Neil Tilly-Smith in the back row, Ryan Jones, Felix Tilly-Smith and Brock Parker. On the bench, Jacob Davis is the utility dummy half. Nikau Raffle, Larry Mwagatutia and Young Gun Saxon Pryke round out the interchange forwards. They're taking on the West Tigers, who have been pretty good in the jersey flag in recent years, but this year they're just ahead of the Eels uh, by the... Two wins, so the Eels coming to this round in eighth place, taking on the fifth place West Tigers, and uh, this will be a good chance for the Eels to maybe sharpen their claws against a team that's higher seeded them on the ladder. Yeah, interesting. We've got Big Larry on the bench. He was arguably the man of the match, and I, I believe he was officially within their team, given the uh, the best on field uh, last week. Again, coming off the bench, but. His his carries, especially in the second half, really changed the momentum of the game. Where um, you know, the the Eels were struggling. I, I, from memory, I think we might have been down six four at half time, and it it was obvious that the game needed to be 
Um, they needed to sh- stop sh- stop shifting the ball and go through the middle. Jeez, that's familiar. How common does, how common does that yeah. sound? But from the moment that the second half started, the Eels were hitting it up behind the ruck. Uh, they were hitting just the you know one off uh, passes off the ruck, um, uh, like just hitting the edge of the ruck or hitting in behind the ruck. And the the momentum that they got from that, they just kept the Rabbitohs going backwards. And Larry was a big part of that. Uh, and it just meant that they were in total control through the second half. It was He's coming into uh, a nice little um, vein of form, isn't he? Obviously, under-19's yeah. origin game, very strong off the bench. And he's backed that up with some good club-level form. And, and Larry's obviously a player that's been uh, sort of pigeonholed or earmarked for uh, maybe higher honours down the road. He's always been a very talented prop forward. But good to see him really starting to dominate as an interchange forward. I mean, and... Once again, there is no slight on being an interchange forward. Me and you put a high value on the impact that those men and women can have off the interchange. Well, look at Ryan Madison this year, where he was getting 50, 60 minutes a game. It coming was off literally the bench. primary lock forward, but coming off the bench and helping change games. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'll look, I look at this game and I, and I say that uh, if we play to our strengths, and and the strengths are basically that uh, those forwards can get a lot of momentum happening. You've got a very good kicking game from uh, and and game management from the Colonel Ethan Sanders, and I think he from memory kicked a forty twenty last week uh, during the match. I'm just trying to um, uh, think back to uh, the my call on it, but I'm pretty sure he kicked a 40, 20 mm-hmm. last week. He has got a very good kicking game. Uh, there's, there is some strike power out there in the back line. Um, and that, that's, what's been so frustrating at the flag team this year is that there is little doubt. This is a talented roster. Just they've been struggling to put it all together at any given time. And yeah, you know, obviously between, I think errors, errors, just, yeah, you know, they cut breaking. down the error rate. That's the, I mean, that that's the captain obvious statement, but it's true. Like as soon as they get their completions up, then they're a completely different team for the opposition to deal with. And I said at the start of the year that I believe that they should be playing finals football, yep. this team. And right now and, they're in a position to, to push for the finals, they're currently inside the top eight. But that game against South Sydney, 72% completion rate in tough conditions. And yeah. that, that's what it takes. And, you know, 72% is still far from the metrics that you'd want because like, we know that 80% plus is the benchmark that the great teams have set. But for the for this particular team, that is a huge improvement what we've seen this year where it's been, it's got to have been 50 or sub 50 for long stretches. Well, I must admit that I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that it was that low because in the conditions that they were playing in, uh, there were there were times where, um, a couple of us were speaking and saying, you know, that geez, the completions are pretty good today. You, you, you know, want to hand hear a stat for the Jersey Flag sixties, and once again, I'm not sure how stringently like tight the stat keeping is for the twenty ones, but in those conditions, winning six in the six, team wide effective tackle rate ninety six and a half percent. Yeah, so that that goes to show how committed they were on the. Uh, side of the ball without possession, which is a, you know one of the big indicators of team performance, honestly. Completion rates and defensive effectiveness are huge. So good to see the boys putting that performance, looking to back it up against the West Tigers. That one kicks off at 3.30pm, which then takes us into the second game in that triple header lineup. 
It is 6 v 11. Parramatta Eels looking to push into the top four this week. They're taking on the Western Suburbs Magpies. And uh, looking at this uh, Western Suburbs team, 60s, there's a few names you're going to recognise. Uh, we've got James Roberts of Gildart, Tyron Peachy, Jock Madden, uh, Austin Diaz, who made his NRL debut. He was a one-time Eels prospect. Jake Simkin, Alex Safaf. Uh, so, uh, Atasi James is there. Keaton Walkington meets. He was with us earlier this year. And obviously, the Eels have moved in a different direction for a couple of young guys like Tavita Talmapenu stepping up and probably taking his spot on the roster. But plenty of NRL experience and uh, some good young guns in this Western Suburbs Magpies team. But for the Eels, uh, there was a great tweet this week from Code NRL who uh, mentioned the uh, the surnames Churchill, Beetson, Proven, Lewis, Rankin. Just a long list of the greatest captain coaches ever seen in rugby league. So, <laughs> uh, Rankin joining some uh, truly rugby league royalty right there. Um, he's going to captain the team and coach the team from fullback. And like you've mentioned, he's getting plenty of support from other coaches inside our pathway systems when it comes to the game day management. But on the wings, Samuel Luizu, he comes back from the Jersey flag last week, scored a try in that game, caught up to play wing. Uh, he'll partner Sean Russell on the flanks. Zach Sini and Hayes Perrin are in the centres. Jack A. Williams, Jake Arthur, pair of halves right there. Wiramu Greg, Ovicky Ogden at the bookends, Mitch Rain, the dummy half. In the back row, Elvi Elzgehem. He's been a stalwart on that right edge for the Eels. And one we really like to see, and this probably is overdue if it weren't for injury bad luck, Tony Matelli. He also uh, had a good game last week in the conditions, and he's been caught up to make his, uh, well, not cup debut as a player, but cup debut for the Eels. And he'll be on the other edge. Nathan Brown is provisionally the lock forward, but we'll talk about that when it comes to the NRL. Uh, on the bench, we've got Brennan Hands, Tavita Talmapenu, Luke Bain, and Jaden Yates. So the only ins this week, Lozu and Matelli from the flag. Uh, Bryce Cartwright is out, and I have to think that's probably injury. Solomon Iduki is out, and he's going to be spending a few weeks on the sidelines for a really ugly cannonball tackle on uh, Liam Knight, which I believe has ended Knight's season, unfortunately, due to an ACL injury. And uh, the uh, South Sydney coach, uh, Demetrio, was understandably upset at the perhaps lack of uh, duration of that suspension. But unfortunately, and I mean, I was surprised too, but unfortunately that is actually consistent for the NRL when it comes to these tackles. That three to four week window seems to be what they're setting for a cannibal tackle, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I did see something about uh, Bryce Cartwright's injury, but I can't recall what it was. I, I think from memories, he's at least a couple of weeks out uh, there. So um, a big chance for Tony Mattelli here to make an impression. Look, there's uh, the other thing is that uh, the elevation of uh, of Tony and Samuel Loiser isn't really a surprise after last week. I thought they both performed strongly in the flag, and you, um, could, you could argue that Loiser was probably a bit hard done by, not hard done by, just unlucky, I suppose, given the amount of troops available in the back line to have been uh, pushed back to the flag in the first place. Well, see, because of his age, that he can be pushed back mm-hmm. to the flag. That's probably. That probably accounts for some of it where there's other players that yeah, uh, they're looking um, to fit into the uh, Reg- Reggie's back line. And if they're not selected for uh, for the game, then the chances are they're not playing at all or they're, or they're off to Ron Massey Cup or something like that. So, um, yeah, so I thought both of them were very solid last week. And... Um, uh, they're, I'm just trying to think. Did um, they both get a try last week? I know Tony Matteo. I believe they both got tries, yeah. Let me just quickly yes. check. Uh, and we have Matelli and Loizu, 38th minute, 57th minute. Yes, yes. Matelli Schmidt-Cruz, 
uh, of the sorry Cruz Road there scoring in the first minute. So yeah, good to see those two boys put in good performances for the flag and get the deserved call up, whether injury opened the door or not, injury and suspension opening the door or not. You know, they definitely put their names into the hat. Yeah, and look, I think it was um, the Eels scrambled out of last week. I think they were down 14-0 at one stage and 14-2 at halftime against South last weekend. And and it's uh, that was a – was it a fourth versus fifth battle at it, that it stage? Was, yeah, 4v5, I believe, on the ladder at that point. And so – Eels obviously got leapfrogged on for and against with another result pushing them down on for and against. Uh, let, me just, let me make sure I'm telling you the truth when it comes there. Yeah, so the the Raiders uh, had a good win, I believe, which helped them jump up on for and against. No, they got the draw. That's how. So yeah, but it, it, very, we had um, you know very strong performance last week from uh, Wiramu Greg. Yes, I think he went for 180. I think the entire Ford pack honestly had good games when you looked at the stats. Uh, Brownie was good. Elias Gehem was good. Uh, Offiki Ogden also all above. I think that was all 150 plus across the entire starting rotation there, which is really strong, especially considering those conditions. Yeah, and I and I think um, Tony Mattaelli brings in a, a little bit of strike on the edge. He, the the try that he scored last week, he was uh, he was given the ball uh, about 10 to 15 meters out from the South line and, and he was literally in a one-on-one with the opposing centre because he had his winger outside him and their, their winger was, was trying to stay on the wing and he just took the um, the centre on and just went straight over the top of him. So it was, um, that, that, as I said, that was a pretty a pretty strong performance, a good strike power through with uh, Tony Mattaelli and, as you mentioned, he... He had the pre-season injury, which had kept him out for uh, an extended period of time. Very keen to see how he goes, and for uh, anyone listening now, that it is this match is going to be covered on yeah, Foxtel. So five o five PM kickoff. This one should be broadcast on Foxtel as well as Ko. So if you have a subscription to the online service or obviously to the pay TV uh, service, you can catch that one there. Uh, otherwise, I'm sure we'll have a nice little wrap-up of it in our Instant Reaction podcast. You can also drop by on TCT and get our breakdown of what happened across that game as well. Uh, I've been mean, looking at these two teams. You'd think the Parramatta get the job done here. Uh, I mean, I look at that 4-5-6 for the Magpies, and geez, there's got to be some buyer's remorse right there. 60s, James Roberts, Oliver Gildart, Tyron Peachy. That's, uh, yeah, some uh, <laughs> uh, warranty-expired sort of stuff right there. Yeah. I mean, they're sitting down near the the bottom of the second table. to last. Yeah. yeah, they look they they have enough players that they probably shouldn't be sitting down there. When you consider that, I think Mounties are ahead of them. Are they not on uh, the ladder? I believe so because last is Manly. I think. Not yeah, on, yeah. So Seagulls, Pikedown Worker Seagulls last, and Mounties are yep. a full win. Clear, or it's half a win actually because Magpies are three wins, one draw. Mounties are four wins, zero draws. So Mounties actually have more victories on the season than both Manly and Wests, which is a bit of a yikes. Yeah, well, it is because the Mounties aren't a feeder club. No. They're, they they <laughs> have the loose Something we discussed with at, at length. They, they get the reserve reserves of the Bulldogs. Yes, that's it. They, they are the feeder team for the Bulldogs reserve grade. Yeah. So an they are. Ron Massey tier sort of roster. And yet they're still ahead of a couple of NRL backup teams. Yeah. Oh, God. But uh, that kicks off 5 or 5 p.m. like we said, 60s. 
tipping a Parramatta Eels win in this grade, uh, which brings us to the main event kicking off at 7.35pm, the main event at Leichhardt Oval of that triple header. It's the West Tigers v the Parramatta Eels. West enter this game, if I just quickly check our ladder, down in 15th place with uh, just three wins on the season. Unfortunately, one of those wins was against the Eels way back on Easter Monday. Uh, Parramatta Eels come into this round six on the ladder, equal share of fifth with the Brisbane Broncos, having fallen two wins behind both the Storm and the Sharks now. So there's a bit of a buffer to the top four. They've got to get working on that, and that starts this round, which is round 17. For the Tigers, uh, they've got Dane Laurie at fullback, David Nofaluma and Ken Mamalo on the wings, Stafford Toa and Adam Dwahi in the centres. Though I wonder if Adam Dwahi will be playing reserve grade based on what we saw earlier this week. Uh, Luke Brooks and Jackson Hastings are in the halves. James Tamal, Zane Musgrove, they're the bookends. Fa'amanu Brown is the dummy half. On the edges, we've got Luke Garner and Kelma Talangi. Joe Ofengahi is a lock forward. On the bench, Stefano Otoikamanu, Justin Matamua, Jacob Little, and Fanoa Pole. Fanoa Pole? Sorry, Fanoa, I forgot that wrong. Extend the roster, Austin Diaz, Alex Safaf, Junior Tupo, Asu Kapoa, Jock Madden. Looking at the Eels roster 60s, uh, nothing too outrageous here. We mentioned it in our last broadcast. We had a quick look at the team list, but I'll reconfirm it. Quinton Gufferson, captain and fullback. Mike Acevo, Bowie Simonson, wingers. Wanga Blake, Will Penasini in the centres. Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses, that's your six and seven. In the front row, big Raven, Reagan Campbell-Gillard. Sorry, he's going to anchor the pack this week. Uh, he's going to partner, as it stands, Maradonia Corey in the front row with Reed Money at dummy half. On the edges, it's Sean Lane and Isaiah Papali'i. Ryan Madison is named at lock forward, but we've got a big fat asterisk next to his name. On the bench, it's Mac Hesse Makatoa, Tom Opachik, Oregon Kafusi, Kai Rodwell, and then extended roster Nathan Brown, Jake Arthur, Sean Russell, Wiramu Gregg, and Hayes Perham. So outs officially Junior Barlow. He's playing State of Origin. And we're probably at this point looking at Ryan Madison with a significant degree, if not officially confirmed, a significant degree of uh, speculation that he's out. Because I think NRL Physio was saying that it's usually a three-plus week recovery from the sort of rib cartilage injury that he's been confirmed to have. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> you'd have to think that Nathan Brown would be the chance of, of coming up there, wouldn't you? That I mean, you keep it simple in these regards. And while you could make a case for guys like Ogden or Wiramu, who both have been good in the cup to get a look in on the bench, Nathan Brown, we know what he can bring as a starter at lock forward. He comes into the role, can do you know, 50, 60 minutes comfortably and allow the Eels to rotate their forwards without you know, straining the interchange patterns too much. And that's ex- well, exactly what I'm tipping to happen is he'll come in, he'll start at lock forward. I suppose the question will be, and this is something we've already talked about, is there a better rotation to have starting in the front row? Do you bring Oregon on and get Murata back to the bench to give us more punch on those rotations? Well, my opinion has always been that Murata offers great value off the bench. I think if we're looking for that impact, he's the man. He's the man. And I think, I don't know, it, it feels like when he's starting a game, that the extra workload starting a game takes away that um, that that well I, I don't want to use the word impact again then but you know he just brings that energy. There's a certain energy and effectiveness that comes when he's injected into games as part of the rotation. And just- I also want to throw in the fear factor from the opposition because he's he can coming in off the game. Here's the here's the word I was probably looking for. He can be brutal. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely brutal. Yep. And uh, I, I think, I think we miss that when he when he's brought in, brought into a starting role. So I'm I'm always one for wanting to see Murata coming off the bench unless he needs to be used as a centre where you know therefore he's starting the game. But uh, I really prefer him as uh, someone who who just really brings it off the bench mm-hmm. and 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 literally that's like I've got a preference even for Maddo to be starting off the bench because of the form that he's brought from that role and he's. And and he can then come on and play long minutes. Like as we talked about before, Maddo can be playing sixty minutes off the bench. It just seems to be that when he's coming on from there, he's so effective, and he's essentially playing the same role. And he's he's not really playing. And I'm talking about Maddo here. He's not really playing as like an impact player. He but it just seems to be that that way of being introduced to the game seems to have brought out his best in this season. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm i for uh, Murata coming off the bench. Yeah, I, I do like that configuration when it comes to the forward pack. And like you said, uh, when everyone's back fully fit, uh, having both Murata and Mattis on the bench actually kind, kind of becomes really spooky for the opposition. And then even if that means starting a Makatoa or Kafusi at lock forward, depending on who's your guy, uh, based on who's available, I've got no issues with that. Uh, and that might actually elevate their game too. So yeah. definitely definitely a space we can explore as the team gets, hopefully, back to full fitness. But for now, Murata named to start, and, and maybe he has a, a big game in that capacity, but I would like to see him on the bench. And especially like you said yesterday, 60s, uh, oh, sorry, on the, the Wednesday podcast, uh, Oregon had a really good game against South Sydney. And I think it's maybe something to build on if you can get him into that starting role and get him to throw down against the Tigers starters. So, yeah, definitely something. And, to and I also have the, you know, I honestly, we've, we've, uh, we have a high opinion of Kai Rodwell. And he was so good in the New South Wales Cup last year. And then he's continued it this year. And, People who aren't familiar with him from lower grade football probably haven't really had an opportunity to see too much of him because he only had about a minute or so in his return game this year. And then uh, he got, what, about 20 minutes or so um, more this this last week. Um, did quite, you know, did... Acceptable, quite acceptable his form against in a losing team mm-hmm. against South. But I just think I've always liked what he's brought from as a starter in the New South Wales Cup level. And I think playing in if he was brought on at the start, if he played as a starter, I just think he'd <clears throat> maybe he'd find that step up to the, that, the level that. The, you know, the energy that we seemed to lack at the start of the game last week. Just I'm having sure a guy that in there that's going that, to just rip in and tear in because... Yes, it's, yeah, he it's, would have that want, that will, that, yeah, you know... That, the will and, over the skill, right? That's it. That's it. So it's that would be something that I'd be tempted to do, yeah. but I think it, it look, it's not unusual for... I mean, BA tends to be someone who will play the 17... That well, the starting thirteen as as named. he names. There's the odd occasion where he might change things up, but I 
I don't expect that uh, if he's named Murata to start, I'm going to expect Murata to start. Um, if he's named both Rodwell and uh, Oregon on the bench, I'd accept them, expect them to start off the bench unless we had a scenario like Madison being out, in which case we could maybe expect a player such as Oregon to start because BA has used Oregon as a starter in the past. Yep. And looking at the West Tigers 60s, it's one of those ones where you don't want to take it for granted, but this is a game the Eels should win. But like you said earlier in the podcast, uh, when you're putting up your, your betting uh, recommendations, you better off keeping your money in the back pocket this week because while the Eels haven't lost back-to-back games this year, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think they've had consecutive L's on their record, and we know they tend to back up a bad loss for good follow-up performance. It's it's just a case of the team is now at a juncture, or a junction, sorry, where they need to show us, the fans, they need to show themselves as, a, as an entity, as a team, that they are capable of stringing together consistent performances. But until they do, it's kind of, what have you done for me lately? Well, I described that in uh, my spotlight post as the Eels very much being at the crossroads because when you're going that win-loss, win-loss record, it's there is no faith that the fans have for which team is going to turn up. At some point, depending on the draw, the team is going to get back-to-back somethings. Yeah. Right? You know, and then... Once you start to get back-to-back somethings, you might start to find the habit one way or the other. Now, the draw from Parramatta's perspective in this moment right now is favourable because they have West Tigers followed up by the Warriors. And uh, you wouldn't want to have come off a performance like last week Going uh, Penrith and and say uh, you know the Cowboys in consecutive weeks. So it, now this doesn't mean because this would be what the Eels would be capable of doing, taking an opposition for granted. But basically, what I'm saying is they have the opportunity to get a couple of back to back wins as they come into the harder big matches. Stretch. Yep. Because you you know you're talking about, as I said, the you've got the Warriors next week, but then round nineteen you hit Brisbane the Broncos. Penrith Panthers. Now that's 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 a home game. I'd still like to think that at home we could get the Broncos, but if they turned up as they did against the the likes of the Bulldogs and South and the and the Tigers the first time you played yeah. them, you wouldn't you wouldn't like it. Then you've got Manly after after the Panthers. Then you've got South again, and we know um, what has traditionally happened. Regardless of the strength of their roster, it's just a, a styles make fights sort of deal where their style really trips us up. Yep. And then we finish with uh, Bulldogs um, and uh, Broncos again for the second time, and then the Storm in the final round. Just a couple of so, contenders in there. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of real challenging games that are there. But by the same token, if we've got any sort of aspirations, there is nothing about the next three weeks which should say that um, 
that the Eels aren't capable of getting three wins on the trot. No, and you get those wins and suddenly you're back in top four contention. And then, yes, you do, have a, you do have a pivotal uh, split of games against the likes of the Panthers, the Rabbitohs, and Melbourne Storm. But you've at least put yourself in a position where you can now contend for a top four finish. Yeah, and the, the other thing, too, about the, the Storm and the Panthers is they are home games. Yes. So it's... A rare chance to sweep two of the best teams in the competition. You know, given what we did early in the season to upset them, you now have them coming into your house and a chance to make them 2-0 and on the season. Very, very rare opportunity for the Eels. But it all starts this week. You've got to get yeah, and, there and that's, and that's a relevant point because as supporters, we can be looking at the draw. We can be looking down the track at what's coming there. But our team has to have 100% but The, the moment you turn half an eye to next week, you're done. Yeah, and the thing is, we know that the the Tigers team got us in that in that earlier yeah, round because 20. we, as as that horrible saying goes, didn't turn up. And you know, it was it was one of those awful games, wasn't it? Where we it just seemed like we didn't show respect, and we were trying to score off every opportunity that we got, and. Uh, um, or trying to create something out of nothing all through the game without earning the um, the right to do some of the plays that they were trying to do. It was just, and uh, maybe it was, I was stuck at home with COVID when that match happened. Uh, but to lose at Combank Stadium to the West Tigers was just an awful, awful result. It's one of the low, especially when they were celebrating the 75 years. That's the other thing. That has to... That has to burn, really burn. I don't know whether it burns the players as much as it does the supporters mm-hmm. and the and the officials of the club or the old boys or, um. But man, that that just you know that still sits sore as far as I'm concerned. So, um, yeah, treat the treat the opposition with respect. But if you if we get on top of the West Tigers in this game, it has to be a case of, from that point onwards, putting the foot to the throat. And I don't... And again, I'm not wanting the players to be thinking that they can get a big score here. And I'm not necessarily thinking a big score, but I just want the Eels to... if, If they get that dominance over the West Tigers, that we want to see some of the performances like they've delivered against the West Tigers in the past. Yep. And, you know, those the losses that we've had, the damage that we've done to the for and against, to the points differential. Yeah, it's, it's not it's pretty. Awful. Yeah, it is It is rough reading when you look at where we were as one of the better for and against in the in the competition, obviously well behind the likes of Penrith and Melbourne, but uh, and even the Cowboys who've got an outstanding for and against. But, We've gone from being triple digits or thereabouts to positive eighteen, and yeah. you know we, which in, in the context of the NRL ladder isn't terrible because there's a lot of bad for and against. But uh, in the context of making the top four, well, you're looking at Penrith Panthers plus three hundred six, North Queensland Cowboys plus one ninety five, North Melbourne Storm plus one eighty one, Cronulla Sharks plus one hundred two, and then in our vicinity, the Brisbane Broncos plus forty three, South Sydney Rabbitohs plus thirty nine. So we have the second worst for and against in the top eight right now. So yeah. we've got plenty of work to do there and some tough teams to do it against. 
what one of the things that we really have to do this week is we have to arrest this um, trend where the opposition scores first. Yeah. Because the last thing, the absolute last thing that we should be doing is to give the West Tigers any sniff of a chance. Because, first of all, the team that they've named is the sort of team where if they're in the if they're in the battle, they might give them they might lift, give themselves some sort of chance if they if they can keep themselves in the battle. If, however, they just aren't getting a sniff whatsoever with the way things have been going for their team and all the off-field drama that's going on at the same time, their psychological battle will be a tough one. We've been worried about our own psychological battle, that we have we can't perform for two weeks in a row, that we can't perform against some of the lesser-rated teams. And that 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 is a significant psychological battle. But we also have to think... What is the what is our maybe it's not that our team needs to think, but as supporters, I, I, as a supporter, I'm certainly thinking, if I was a West Tigers supporter, how would I be viewing my team? I'd be I'd be viewing my team as being psychologically weak. Yeah, and 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 in, not in the most be- in the most bizarre way though, because like I said, we, we've talked about this in the podcast. You go back two years, the accusation was flat track boys. You beat the bad teams and couldn't stand up to the good teams. Now we've gone uh, 180 and we, we stand up to the best teams and, and deliver incredible performances against them and then have this bizarre inconsistency against the rest. So the team needs to figure itself out. Identity, psychologically, all that stuff. You know, It needs to be fixed up and it needs to start this week. Yeah, but as I said, if I'm, if I'm a West Tigers supporter, I'm going to be... Um, I'd be very worried about the team that I've trotted out there and what's been happening lately. So I'm hoping that we we come into this with a positive mindset that we are going to get this job done, not a cocky mindset, a positive mindset, a respectful of the opposition, but by the same token, ruthless. Mm-hmm. We need to be ruthless. If we get that advantage, absolutely go on with it. And I will say, and 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 I I don't really want to reference it, but there was good energy at training this week, and I'm hoping that the level of energy that I saw out there this week is transferred on, onto the field. That's all I'm going to say on training this week that I watched. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see the energy that was out there on the training track replicated out there on on Saturday because if they can if they can do that. Then we're we're really one hand on the on the victory. That that's it, absolutely. All right, it's time to call our shots. How are we going to play out, mate? You're going to win. Who's going to star? Who's going to score the first try? Because we do need to score the first try this week, honestly. Okay, well, do you know I I, I just published goals preview, and he's gone a fifty-four to ten victory to the Eels. I love the optimism. I love it. So. I'm, I'm going to uh, look. I after everything that I've said, I'd just be happy to get the W yeah. on the board. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm, I think it is going to be possible to to get a a good scoreline here. I, I'm going to tip um, forty six to twelve victory to the Eels. 
All right. Well, I'll let, I'll let you and Goal wallow on the optimism. I'll be a little bit more circumspect this week. Uh, Parramatta Eels to win and keep that streak of not dropping consecutive losses together. But they'll win 22-16. to 16. First Ooh. You're going for that um, sitting there feeling uncomfortable yeah, during most unf- Unfortunately, games. unfortunately, I just have that nagging feeling it's going to be one of those, uh, we're winning, but are we winning? Can we hold on? Oh, my God, we hold on. Whew. So Yeah. I don't. I don't want that. I don't job. want it. I don't want it. I would. If you and Goal are closer to the mark, I will be very happy. I, not only does our for and against need a bit of a padding, I think we as fans could use that sort of feel good glow that comes with that sort of win. So I'm hoping that you two are much closer to the truth than I am, and obviously not anything in the opposite. Obviously, a loss would be absolutely devastating. Uh, first try scorer. I, I think I tipped Sean Lane last week, and he ended up being our first try sister again. He's been very good in that capacity. So I will go, if I just look at the team lists, hmm, this one's a bit tricky because because of the fact we haven't been scoring first tries, all of a sudden I'm, I'm sort of second-guessing who I think can cross the white strip first, mate. Uh, maybe maybe a Mitchell Moses first try this week. You know, you've just stolen my thunder because I, I'm going to tip Mitch Moses because... In the punting tip this week, my my punting tip is Mitch Moses to score and to really seriously consider taking Mitch Moses for a double because Mitch Moses to score is paying $4. Mitch Moses to get a double is $23. Oh, that's not bad. That really amps up the odds right there. And I suppose you could also combat that into a, I don't know what the uh, overs-unders market is on a player individual points, but... If he's scoring a double and we're winning big, he's going to be scoring 20-plus points pretty comfortably. Yeah. So, um, and I'll I'll double that up uh, we, because we would be calling on the spine True. to to lift. You in particular, you wrote that in your team list Tuesday that they are the ones that you're looking at. So I'm going to double down and not only – Tip Mitch Moses for a double try, but also for best on field. Best on field. Yep. That makes sense. If he's going down for two four-pointers, that means he's been heavily involved. It means that he's strongly influencing the game. Uh, I think that's a great pick. I'm going to sort of flip back to the other thing I mentioned where uh, while the spine needs to take the vast majority of the responsibility in lifting the team, uh, without Junior Barlow, it feels like there's a huge quite literally and metaphorically, a huge hole in our forward pack. The man is an absolute mountain of a human being, uh, which means I think that Reagan Campbell-Gillard, in light of some of the nastiness, I say nastiness, but there's a little bit of innuendo floating around now in the media about why he might have been dropped from the Origin team and why he wasn't called up when uh, uh, McLean McLean, uh, was uh, uh, ruled out via hamstring. Um, I think he might be looking to put in a, a very big performance this week. So I think you, you're probably right about Mitchell Moses being best on field, but I'm, I'm looking at Regan Campbell-Gillard thinking the big man might have a little bit extra in the tank this week. You know, we're going to talk about the the origin selection and the omission of RCG a little bit next week in in an origin uh, segment in the, in the news podcast on Wednesday next week. But... Uh, I, I'm shaking my head because uh, RCG, if we're looking for players who have been consistent in the Parramatta Reels team, then he is the epitome of consistency for us. Been a top five prop in the NRL or thereabouts for a number of years. 
and has gotten one look at Origin in a game where so many core players were absolutely dog water and he was made the scapegoat alongside Ryan Madison. So, I mean, I, you'd have to think the man is frustrated. I'm hoping he takes out in the West Tigers. Um, and, you know, he was pretty good last week too. It, it got lost in, in the Paramount loss, but both he and Junior posted strong numbers and fought hard in a game where they weren't getting much support. Yeah. Um, I, again, we, we could probably talk for the next half hour about how that selection is, ju- uh, that omission, it's just so, uh, it's a slap in the face. But yeah. we, we'll save that, we'll save that for next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, we've got the uh, Eels travelling to <laughs> the eighth wonder of the world. Uh, he said sarcastically. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, we are, we're going to be very busy though, sixty. So obviously tomorrow, everyone's going to hear from us in our instant reaction podcast. Hopefully, toasting a good win in that vein that you and Gold tipped. But then we have uh, that little—I uh, know you're all a bit cryptic—but that cool little podcast coming early next week. And then we're going to have our NRL news podcast on Tuesday or Wednesday because we've got a game on—is it Friday? Oh yeah, up against the Friday. Is it the? Our first Friday Friday game of the season against the Warriors. Against the Warriors is seven fifty five p.m. Combat Stadium, Friday night. Friday, Thursday, Friday, Friday, Friday. Yeah, uh, there's so, no Thursday game because of Origin. No, no, no. The week after we are our Thursday night against the Brisbane Broncos. The Broncos, yeah. So we're it's it's we, that slide of six day turnaround. We haven't played a Friday game all season, by the way. That that is our yeah. first Friday game, and it comes post Origin, so crazy. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like I said, it's Friday, Thursday, Friday, 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 Saturday, Thursday, Thursday, and all of a sudden we get one non Thursday Friday game. And me and you are very busy, <laughs> very busy. That whole slate of home games means that we are out at Jack's Bar and Grill post game every single time and hoping to catch any listeners that want to say hello and, and catch us for live audience out there. Uh, but yeah, like we said, 60s right now, the focus is entirely on the West Tigers getting any sort of win, but hopefully a good one uh, on the record books. Yeah, absolutely. So, mate, uh, I'm looking forward to the Eels starting the road to redemption. This is it, this won't be redemption this week. It would be a victory would be starting that's on the right. road. That, that's what we've been strongly emphasizing is that we can have a good win this week. Okay, that's great. But then you've got to go out and back it up. That's what it's got to be. It's got to be this week against the Tigers, next week against the Warriors, the week after against the Broncos, and then you start thinking, okay, maybe we've got a little something, something cooking. Yeah, absolutely. As always, thanks for stopping by and giving uh, two uh, ramblers a pretty good listen. Uh, we had a lot of fun actually talking about the Melbourne Storm and the consistency and then uh, the Parramatta Reels. Hope you guys did too. We'll catch you tomorrow night with the Instant Reaction podcast and then next week with that busy, busy slate of podcasts. Catch you guys later. Go you mighty eels. <laughs>